0: gotten January 18, 1971, the living legend, Bruno San Martino, against the Russian bear, Ivan Korov. He's up against the top. Oh, down with a big Russian leg drop across San Martino. No! Oh, you can hear a pin drop. First time ever. We got a new champion.
1: This is No Sold, week three, episode three. I'm joined again by my guys, Bo and Blake, Techno Team 2000, 2000. (laughs) the East-West Connection, Frank and Duke. How are you guys? Good, good. Feeling good? Good to hear, good to hear. So... Last week's episode was super fun. We talked about some memorable debuts. Uh, we had a lot of awesome feedback. Some more friends came back from the dead, out of the woodwork, out of the weeds. It was awesome to hear from Zern. It was, uh, it was a surprise, actually, to hear from a few people. Uh, unexpected. And we were, we were happy to hear from you. If you guys uh, want to continue to comment, engage with us. You know, we're happy to shout you out and just uh, talk to you via this podcast platform and just include you a little bit. We we love the feedback. And so far, it's been awesome. How, have you guys gotten uh, great feedback like I have?
2: Very good. It's been super positive. Loving. It's kind of it's kind of exciting, you know, seeing all these people comment that we haven't talked to in so long, getting messages from people. It's very cool.
1: Yeah, it's made it. It's made it. uh all the better to, to even be doing this now to have friends coming back. And
3: real quick, don't forget um, you can follow us on all the different podcast platforms, YouTube, and then we recently started an Instagram page. So it's no sold underscore podcast. And we'll just be posting various pictures of awesome wrestling tidbits throughout time. And like John said, if you want to shout out, be sure to comment in the comment section and subscribe and we appreciate it.
1: We do appreciate it. We've loved it so far. And uh, like I said, it was surprising, somewhat shocking to hear from some of these people from our past. And that that's kind called of... a segue. That's a segue. We we. We were thinking for episode three here and what we wanted to talk about. And like I said, we did have some surprises, some uh, unexpected people coming out of the work this week. We're going to talk to you about all the surprising title wins uh, throughout history from all the different promotions. We'll try to be as inclusive as we can, even though I'm the WWF uh, apologist slash mark. And I'll do my best to try to give you uh, some opinions from some of the other promotions. But we're going to get into that stuff now. And this is no sold. So being able to forecast and see a title win, it's, it's usually pretty simple if you've been watching wrestling for a while. I think we've we can see a, a title win coming, a title change coming. It's always cool to see, you know, the road along the way to a title change rather than just a final destination. It's important to actually. Pay attention to the story and those are always the best ones is is you know when you can see a story come full circle but the surprises are cool too uh unexpected championship changes they're always you know they're always awesome to see i know i've had a lot that i've seen you know in my youth that i remember specifically watching and then even as a teenager live you know seeing them uh, at the wells fargo center or whatever and even now there's still surprises to come out of left field Uh, that we we just can't see coming even in the the internet age but i want to talk about a little bit you know a few of my favorite ones from when i was younger we're going to get into that we're going to get into some of the obvious ones we don't want to really make this uh about the money in the bank but that certainly shed new light on the surprise factor of a title change uh for you guys let me bring you in do you guys have any specific championship changes that you remember seeing live we could start with or maybe not in person but on television
2: a couple so i was there for a couple i guess what they would call shocking title changes the one that hurt me the most personally being there live was um in orlando i saw christian lose the world title that he just won like i guess a couple nights before to randy orton and it was funny because I had no intention of going to that show. Uh, my cousin's stepmom said, Hey, I got tickets. Super last minute. We barely get there on time. I'm excited because I'm like, Yeah, Christian just won the belt. Excited to go see him. And this is when they were taping SmackDown. And I remember, you know, Randy Orton comes out, gets the big pop, you know, even bigger than Christian's, hate to say it. And you know the rest is history. He and Christian ends up losing the title right away. I remember sending pictures to Duke. Yeah, for sure. Like, I remember. Like that. they just they just did him dirty. Yeah, could we? Could I was so bummed. I was excited to go to that show, then left bummed out because of that. Yep. Yeah, you guys lost your
1: mind on that one. I remember um the excitement factor. know from the crowd but not like randy orton he was so excited he did a full-fledged jumping jack split (laughs) right he did a jumping jack (laughs) or a split it was the first time we saw (laughs) that and uh man it was i remember i think it was Cern, actually but i remember you know everyone thought that was the end of christian but it ended up
3: starting a cool feud that was actually a really good feud yeah but i was fucking fuming in the moment <laughs> dude, i remember Frank yeah. texting me dude, like what like i couldn't even <laughs> believe it
1: yeah that was one of those times where i i guess you know they were trying to see the bigger picture you know show that christian kind of got screwed out of the title and mm-hmm. it, it built the story um that's a good one to start it off yeah. i want to i want to uh ask duke the same question do you remember seeing any live That's. i mean
3: out? i do um I don't really want to jump the gun because it's kind of a big one. It's one we could see coming, but I still couldn't believe it. So we went to the Royal Rumble. John and I and probably Mike was there. Zern, shout out. Um, And Chris Benoit won the Royal Rumble. And he was my favorite wrestler at the time.
2: And, I was also there. just Yeah, you guys. We
3: were. We didn't. I don't yeah. know. We didn't know each we other. Each right? other yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, so that kind of decided we're going to WrestleMania because we're gonna That's see it. the end of this, you know, mm-hmm. this story. So we were there in New York when Benoit beat, you know, two of the biggest names in the history of wrestling. And again, you could see it coming, but still mm-hmm. to actually see our guy. Definitely. To finally win that belt, like, I mean, it was, I had tears in my eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. In the moment, Benoit was, like, my guy, man. Even though John, when we met him, stole my heat. That's a story <laughs> to be told later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was the biggest one probably that I ever saw live. But I have many memories, obviously, watching TV.
2: That's a great one. And yep. the moment for me personally with Eddie and him at the end mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite moments. You That's know, it, it sucks, yeah, it sucks how like, things yeah. check out, but sure. at the time, that moment was like, yep. oh. "That's and they were our guys." You know, Yeah one I'll one... mention. Oh, sorry, oh, no. One go I'll ahead. mention really quick because I was there live, and I guess it was surprising how they did it. Was Brock versus Kofi at at L.A. Uh, Staples Center at the time, Crypto Arena now. Um, Kofi, you know, I guess it wasn't as unexpected but it was shocking that it was a nine second match or whatever Uh it ended up being and you know after the guy was so over whether you think he should be champion or not yeah just a a nine second match on your debut on fox it's just just
3: disrespectful in my opinion you know yeah i think that was one i was in tennis for
1: i think lesnar um caved kofi's chest in even more (laughs) that night so I remember that it was quick to the point yeah. it's Brock, but it, it was surprising how it went down. You're right, Frank. Yeah. It was a little disrespectful. I, I,
2: I went there fully intending on seeing a title change. You know, I'm like, Brock's totally winning the strap mm-hmm. tonight. It'll be cool. I wasn't even against him winning the strap. Mm-hmm. And then it was like the match starts is over. And then it was like the disrespect to this guy. He just, he just won the belt of Mania. You know, but right. Whatever.
1: And they yeah. built, they gave him the moment of mania. That's all. It's <laughs> that
2: you know? like, sorry, bro. And That's, that's a sad. lot of people.
1: Um, For me, really quick, my, my personal memory for seeing one live that might have shocked me and the crowd. There was actually Jeff Hardy. Uh, It was 2001. He beat Triple H for his first intercontinental title. It came out of left field. It was, you know, not expected. And at the time, and even now, like I love the Hardys who yeah. doesn't, you know, always prefer Matt but that's another story. (laughs) But that specific championship win, I mean, that's Triple H, you know, who gets all the slander, gets all the hate, but that's him doing the honors, doing the right thing, you know, putting someone over, putting, you know, trying to get someone on the map. And you'll hear all that stuff that, that he's, you know, not a team player. But I do remember that one specifically, and it shocked the crowd. I also don't think that one lasted long that's that's a theme we're going to see with some of these shocking mm-hmm. title wins is they, they tend to be transitional and they don't last very long some of these reigns mm-hmm. um and that actually i want to rewind it now that we, we talked about some of our favorite you know seeing them live because there's some that happened before we were going to shows or at least when we first started going to shows that we may not have seen i know one mm-hmm. specifically that i'm going to mention i know we weren't there i think we all wish we were there I think anyone listening to this podcast wishes they were there for this title change, but it was Bret Hart Uh, for his first championship when beating Ric Flair in Saskatoon. It was October 12th, 92. And once again, these are retroactive, but that at the time was shocking, surprising, unexpected, because Bret was not the prototypical Vince McMahon guy. So do you guys remember as kids or as you got into wrestling you know finding out about brett's first win there's obviously footage of it now but um hearing that he was he became champion and all that stuff were you guys surprised i'll just ask this question that vince went in that direction
3: that was you know they say it all the time the uh intercontinental title match between bulldog and brett at Summerslam of that year like sometimes when you lose you don't really lose And that match, you know, Brett put over the Bulldog, but that elevated Brett into main event status, you know, and to beat a guy like Ric Flair, who once again, you know, he's leaving the company. So Vince needs somebody to, you know, take over. But to put the faith in Brett like that, like you said, in a land of giants where they weren't doing that type of thing, Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I was always a Bret Hart fan. And if you look, he's always been over. I mean, he has it, you know. Mm -hmm. He has the undescribable, you know, it factor. And he could, you know, wrestle better than arguably anyone in the company. So it was interesting to see Vince go that route after, you know, Hogan and Warrior, like the big guys for so long, and a breath of fresh air. Um, But like you said, even even Brett at that time was kind of transitional. Like he had, you know, a fairly long reign, but it's still like it ended kind of abruptly. And another um, shocker. Yeah, Yeah. if you could say, but you didn't see it coming for sure. You know, anyone that when when they change hands at these non-televised events and you turn into superstars are raw whatever you're watching and like and unquestionably bret hart you know out of nowhere gets a shot and it's like what like so yeah it was a shocker.
0: mr perfect bobby the brain heenan extremely upset over what happened
1: approximately one week ago when the Hitman bret hart defeated rick flair for the world wrestling federation championship in
0: saskatoon
2: For, For me, Brett was already the guy, you know, like when I'm like getting in there, he was already the excellence of execution, mm-hmm. you know, so I am re- looking at it going back. Yeah, the, the, he definitely it is definitely a surprise move, especially the year because it's it's pretty early, you yeah. know, like he, you would still think Vince was in that big man mode. But, you know, it, it's he definitely goes back looking it that way. It, of course. Yeah, exactly. It. And but another me, shocker. Yeah, for me getting into wrestling, like really getting into he was already, you know, top flight of the world. Yeah. Caliber guy, Brett. So it's it's different for me looking at Brett. But like we said the other one, you can go on, Tucci.
1: No, no, it's fine. Brett Brett put in his time, I think, at that point. Uh he had been with the company like seven years, which, you know, nowadays I guess isn't that long because guys are, you know, they're 1520 and then they win the title but at the time brett put in some some decent years there a lot of
3: and back then they weren't doing you know everybody gets a turn lifetime achievement awards you know like this dude was you know i think vince saw something in him and you know look at him he's he's my favorite all-time wrestler i know he's a lot of people's like that guy had all he needed was a chance you know Mm -hmm. and finally he got that chance
1: yeah, Brett. Um, you know, I think we all share the love for Brett Hart. Anyone who listens to this podcast, I, I welcome you to mention in the comments if you are not a friend of Bret, fan of Brett Hart, why that is, because we're interested to hear why anyone would not be a fan of the best why there is. The interesting to hear why
2: you're wrong <laughs> about. Yeah.
1: We want to know who to to uh, ban from from our list <laughs> from the chat <laughs> from the chat. No uh, jokes there. I've, also, guys, if you're wondering and you're watching on YouTube, I'm not in a, a padded white room in an insane asylum.
3: <laughs> he's in. He's actually in Saskatoon.
1: I'm in Saskatoon doing research the on the streets. Of, uh, yeah, I, I picked up actual uh, gravel from the site where Brett won the title. And uh, no, but I am coming live via satellite. <laughs> uh to join you guys this week but staying with bret hart um i want to shift to s- someone he lost the title to and this is another shocker it's unexpected we all kind of watched this recently i think rewatched it re- recently because i watched this one live as well but bob Backlund, some uh, survivor series 1994 it was november 23rd he ended up beating bret hart for the title we can talk about if it was the right move, if it was the wrong move, but it was definitely shocking. And the way they got there to the end, to the actual finish with the throwing of the throwing in of the yeah. towel by his brother, we could talk about the details of that. The way they got there, you can't you can't say they didn't create a moment there, uh whether yeah. you agree with the finish or not.
2: Definitely a moment. Like definitely like good storytelling with the ending and was it Owen that threw the towel. Yeah. Or was it no, his mom? He, his, he, he convinced, convinced his Cowan. mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I like, think he was know, pleading. Lots of with drama. Stu. Yeah, he was pleading with both the
3: parents. He and, was uh, crying. Like yeah, it was yeah, awesome, yeah. man.
2: No, great stuff. Yeah. You know, when you look at the the total package, the picture of it, the big Max picture. Of that. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh great stuff when you look at it, but to see Bob Backlund, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Bob's a legend in his own right. One of the longest title reigns ever, but a totally different era of pro wrestling, you know? And to see him back, and he also had a strange gimmick at the time, and to see him with the world title, it to me, it just doesn't even look right, you know, when you see the guys. But, you know, what happened, like you said, it's a transitional period for them. I think it's, I, ultimately, I think it's the right move because diesel coming in next do you want him to kill? Warriors. do you want him to kill brett do you want brett to i don't know beat diesel when he's the hottest thing i guess it makes sense you know but definitely to me shocking but i think it's a cool moment with the owen and the family all that stuff makes it cool but wouldn't i didn't see it live but would not have been a fan you know for <laughs> sure had i you get older and you see
3: things differently in retrospect You know, um, I think what Vince did with Bob Backlund was brilliant. Like he tried to bring him back. He's just this blazing baby face and the business passed him by, you know, like it wasn't like that anymore. So like for him to snap like that initially, if you haven't seen the first match between those guys on superstars, look it up on Peacock. I forget what episode it is, but, um, Brett and Bob Backlund have like a classic wrestling match on superstars and then Backlund, you know, gets grumpy because he didn't win and he chokes him out, which led to this match. And then, um, yeah, so in the moment, no, I don't agree with it. I think even after this, like Brett for Brett, he had a nice little title run. It's interrupted by Backlund. We'll get to another shocking title change who Backlund loses to. And then you know, Brett disappears again for a year. It's like a year before he's like back in the title picture. He has a title match, but, you know, it's like a schmoz with like a million people interfering. But no, I don't agree with it. I don't think it, like Frank said, great storytelling. But I mean, you have the best technical wrestler in the world and you cut him short to, you know, it was the um the old school thing where they didn't want two good guys fighting. So Brett loses to Backlund and then Backlund, we won't go too far because that's another shocking total change, but Backlund no. eventually loses. But no, I don't I didn't agree with it. I don't know if I do now. I do have love for Backlund and I'm happy that, you know, he got another total run. And it also mimicked the old match where when he lost the belt, he never tapped out, you know. Arnold Scotland throws in the towel. Mm-hmm. So great storytelling, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure my man Pat Patterson was in on that, but
1: it was amazing storytelling. I remember Stu Hart, you know, maintaining his integrity, if you will. Like he didn't want to throw in the towel. Like no, he was, yeah. It was it was more Helen that had enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, she, sure, yeah. she was devastated. She finally grabbed the towel, mm-hmm. and threw it in, and yeah. then Owen oh, immediately jumping for joy, <laughs> laughing in <laughs> their face.
3: Yeah, it was good though. I wouldn't like. He was crying, man. Like, I believe that.
1: Yeah, that messed with my head when I was a kid. I'll be honest yeah. with you, I, yeah. I believed everything he was doing. Yeah. Um, by the way, that's July thirtieth, nineteen ninety four, that that Superstars match took place between Bret Hart and Bob Backlund, and it was a banger. And uh, I I do also encourage you guys to go back and watch it. Um, and I think we mentioned it. We have to say way into it, Diesel beating Bob Backlund at Madison Square Garden, his first yeah. championship win. There's a lot of transitional championship talk in this podcast, like we said, and Backlund was just that because it was quick work that Diesel made out of him. Once again, non televised, and once again we see it the following weekend on Challenge or Superstars, and we have to react to it, you know, retroactively. But that match they could show in one highlight because it was so quick.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was eight seconds or something. Yeah,
1: and I remember. My favorite wrestler was Bret Hart. Diesel coming in, I really started to gravitate towards him immediately as the bodyguard. And once he won the title, I was almost, you know, I was about to kick Bret to the curb. You know, I was so in on Diesel and they sold me. And uh, we, we could talk later about how that worked out for him. And I know there's a lot of critics about, you know, he didn't draw money and this, that and the other. Yep. We don't know that for a fact, but
3: we've talked a lot about presentation and like Diesel was presented as the dude, you know, yeah. like you said, you tune in, he beats back when it's like, oh, well, I guess this is the guy now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and Diesel did more in two years. He was a triple crown champion.
2: Yeah. He won all
3: three titles in two years, uh, actually, probably under two years. You know, mm-hmm. so that's presentation. You tell me he's the guy like, yeah, I'm going to believe you. besides the fact being, you know, he's a charismatic dude, he's seven feet tall, you know?
1: Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. Seeing um, is
1: believing really quick. I'll let you go, Frank, but seeing is believing. And when you start to present a guy like that, you know, and you get behind him, as they say, you strap the rocket, all that talk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we're gonna buy in, especially when you got someone as charismatic as Diesel and as likable. And honestly, it worked for me. But I'll let you in the floor, Frank.
2: No, I was all in on Diesel Day the first time I ever saw him. You know, I I was. It's part of the reason I also I I rode with him all the way to WCW and the NWO. Why I loved—I mean, a lot of people love the NWO. Don't get me wrong, but like, it was two of my favorite all timers. Mm -hmm. You know, Razor and Diesel all of a sudden in that NWO. So like I was a big Diesel guy, the music, I don't know. I just thought it was sick when he came out. He looked like a million bucks in the black and silver. Yeah. Yeah. So like I I'm, I was a Diesel guy from like the second I saw him, you know, even at that, at that time when I was so young, it took me longer to get behind Brett. You know, Diesel was more like eye candy, you know, as soon as I saw him, I was like, this dude's a monster. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's cool. But, you know, at the to see him win this title, like you said, we'll talk about this another time and we could debate if he was the right guy or not. You know, who knows? I think history shows that he was like a big attraction, you know, because he was huge everywhere he went. But, you know, at the that's time, Brett, like a... Brett being the guy, you know, Brett being the guy maybe would have made sense overall, you know, especially with the run he was on. But Diesel was just, he looked like money. You couldn't deny it. That's obviously
3: like a huge conversation to be yeah. had later that we could put, you know, we, it could be a whole show, but like to blame Diesel for like, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, that he didn't draw blah, blah, blah. Watch the product at that time. Yeah, and tell me that it's his fault. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. and this is coming from a guy who is not a huge Kevin Nash fan.
2: Yeah,
3: but like, be fair, man. Like, mm. <laughs> the the roster was thin then, so like I said, we we'll, we could talk all night about that, but I don't believe that for a second.
1: Yeah, you're also immersed right now
3: in '94, uh,
1: '95 Duke as uh... yeah, I'm
3: about to tap out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know you're watching that stuff religiously right now, but I don't want to make a promise
3: that this is the
1: last mention of Bret Hart on this podcast, but I have one more. And yeah, we, we don't Bret. really talk about him much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you don't see a theme here at all. You don't see a theme. But for this other one, I want to mention um, it involves Bret, but it's more about Hulk Hogan. He his win mm-hmm. over Yokozuna mm-hmm. WrestleMania nine post main event. Bret Hart and Yokozuna had a match. It wasn't the best, but it actually wasn't bad at all. It was, according to Bret Hart's book, which I've read, it it went home a little early due to Yokozuna sort of giving him the signal, I guess. He just kind of had enough. <laughs> Bret wasn't thrilled with the match. Bret oh, being man. the perfectionist. Surprise, surprise. Oh, um, and then in comes Hulk Hogan. And just like that, he magically you know, wins the title in a, in a, you know, in a way where he just basically, you know, showed up and instigated Fuji. And, and it, before you knew what the match was on, the match was over, Hogan won the title. Surprised, unexpected. I want to just say, I I said it before, I'll say it again. I was, Bret Hart was my guy, but in hindsight, it was a moment they created. And if Bret would have won the match, posed and left with the title, yes, we could have all been happy and marked it down as another accomplishment for our favorite guy, but it created a moment. So do you guys remember that one at all?
2: So I didn't see that live. But even when, when I did finally see that uh, WrestleMania, I was still pretty young. So when I did find like, I didn't even know how all of that shook out. So I've seeing it years after the fact. And knowing Yoko became like one of the monster, like heels of the company, Wasn't shocked at Brett losing the belt to him. But when I first ever saw that Hogan walking out and whatever, all that nonsense that transpired that resulted in him getting the match and beating Yoko, it to me was like, what is happening? And like, even because like, even like Yoko, I'm not, I was never crazy about Yoko, um, but at least to me, it makes sense. It's, Hey, he's the big guy. He's the big villain. You know he's beating everybody's favorite, but then for Hogan to come out and just take it, to me that's just one of those confusing moments. And that was like years after the fact. I watched it like, what were they thinking? It makes me like, it's like one of those moments that makes me hate on Hogan just a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. looking at it, and that like I said, this is years later, and I still felt negatively about it. My uncle Duma, it's your challenge. If any intestinal fortitude, you'll accept my Yokozuna challenge, come on.
1: Do do you remember that? I'm sure you remember it. But uh, what are your thoughts on the way that all went down and how Hulk walked out with the title when he was not even advertised in that match?
3: Yeah, I remember being excited. Um, You know, Hogan was going to win the tag team titles because he actually wrestled earlier on the card. Him and Beefcake were a team. And I was like, good. Like, finally, Mm Hulk. you know, kind of step aside a little bit. And listen, I loved Hogan, but, like, Brett was my dude so like yeah i was grumpy you know and that match shouldn't even have happened it should have been the macho man went in the royal rumble at 93 and then macho man and brett could have if that would have happened sorry that's one of the greatest matches in the history of wrestlemania i know vince loves his monster heels but i was never a yokozuna guy
1: that's for um, our uh, what ifs podcast absolutely. by the way yeah macho absolutely. man versus bret hart we could all relish in that fantasy
3: Macho Man is the greatest storyteller and has had the greatest feuds in the history of pro wrestling. And that just would have been another one. So, no, I didn't fucking like it, John.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I read Brett's book, like I said, and he was talking about how Vince walked into his locker room a few days before. And, you know, he explained the whole situation to him. And Brett thought, thought of himself as a failure. And he thought he had failed as champion. Vince assured him, like, it'll come back around to you. Like, I haven't lost faith, but this is what we have to do for business.
3: Literally um, a year later. Like, it took a year. You know, yeah. Like, and Brett, had, Brett was having great matches with everybody. You know, like, I don't blame him. You know, you do everything right. You do all the appearances. You have great matches with everyone on the goddamn roster. But you're small. We're going to give it yeah. to a big guy.
1: The small thing I get, but Hulk wasn't at his biggest physique-wise at that point, but his name was that
3: big still. And also, and, love the Hulkster. You know, nothing yes. nothing against him. But...
1: I just think, like, I don't want to fault Vince completely because, one, of like of I said... Of course you don't, John. That's Uncle Vince. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Grandfather Vince, actually, but honestly, though, it created a moment... You're not like that young anymore, kiddo. He's Uncle Vince. Poppy, Papa, Papa <laughs> Vince. <laughs> so, but for me, enjoy honestly, your retirement, Vince. Vince, please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. Uh, uh,
2: please stay gone. <laughs> That's
1: Frank, wow. Frank once got mad at me because I wanted to name this podcast after a name that would honor Vince McMahon, but we won't yeah, get into that right now.
2: No Vince tributes.
1: <laughs> we know Vince tributes here, not from Frank, but no, anyways, uh, I just want to just quickly wrap up that stuff with Hogan winning the title. I know that it was supposed to come back around to Brett. Like Vince said, they were going to have a rematch at King of the Ring. Brett was going to win it back. That's how it was pitched to Brett Hart. Plans change, Um, you know, that didn't work for Hulk. And apparently he wanted to just drop the title to Yoko on the way out. And, Brett always held that against him. This is also from Brett's book. Once again, we don't pretend to know anyone. Anything we say is from the horse's mouth. might be a little whisper down the lane, but that's from Brett's Brett's mouth.
2: I will tell you a fact. Brett Hart didn't lie once in that book. That's all truth. I believe every word.
3: I actually said that to him when I met him. You know, Brent like drafts. I said, I said I believe everything you said, and he was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't have any reason to lie." You know,
1: that's
2: when we got the combo. Except,
3: yeah, except to his wives, but
1: Steve
2: Brett, combo, our boy Britt, the combo kid.
1: What's up, Brett? So yeah, we we mentioned a few Bret Hart related title chains. It just so happened it went that way. But I want to shift gears, and I do want to touch on someone. We spent a lot of time last week talking about. Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah of rock and roll, the the I guess we could call him at this point the what's his name in the in AEW? He has a lot of names. The Pain recently, uh, the Lionheart.
0: Yeah, he he, the Lionheart
3: he, He's the Wizard. What's Don't the one what where
1: he, where he looks like washed up Gene Simmons and all the face paint coming off fight his face
3: through the screen, bro? Disgrace. Like we're we're not going to have any Chris Jericho slander. It's it's. it's it's the paymaker, I guess. But anyway, well, you know the wizard because he threw the fire. Yeah. Oh right, right, right.
2: The champion,
3: the champion, yes. Champion. What was his
1: name? Or, or did he have a nickname when he was doing like the Nick Bachwinkle quiet? No,
3: suit wearing he didn't. suits. Chris Jericho. That was, was just awesome, Jericho. by the way.
2: All business.
3: Go Chris. watch the Nick Bachwinkle kids educate yourselves chris
1: irvine but (laughs) but the one that i'm gonna bring up regarding jericho i know we all have vivid memories of and it was when he upset surprised unexpectedly beat triple h for the wwf Mm -hmm. championship it was april beat defeated yeah and in quotation marks for those just listening it was april 17th of 2000 the millennium man uh was really putting his stamp on the world the new millennium or so we thought it was a dusty finish earl Hebner reversed the decision it was some shenanigans (laughs) at the end Uh, but i want to ask you guys how you felt about the match in a moment but i I do want to say that after this triple people really 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 hated triple h more than they did before the match and it might have been the beginning sort of of like the the pure venom people have for Triple H, keeping guys down. Oh, he's holding this guy down. You know, everybody couldn't wait to just put that on him uh, from from then on. But I do want to say like, it told a great story. It created a moment. And if you do think Jericho was ready or not, quotation marks again, that's like debatable. But if nothing else, it put him on the map and it put him up a few rungs on the ladder. So I commend Triple H for that moment.
2: That's one of the coolest moments in Monday Night Raw history, as far as I'm concerned. And, like, also great, great, great crowd reaction. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to find a better crowd reaction on any show, you know, like, than that crowd winning, when Jericho wins that strap. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Definitely hated Triple H's fucking guts after that. (laughs) Like, oh my God, I couldn't because I was so pumped for Jericho to get that belt. You know, Especially beating Triple H too because he was was so unlikable at the time. You know, but it is a moment that lives forever. I, uh, like you said, did that start the trend of like everybody thinking Triple H is holding everyone back? I'm I'm not sure, but that definitely becomes his reputation. He definitely, there's definitely plenty of Times where you could point to Triple H doing that type of thing, but uh yeah, I know I think that's a great moment. It's I think it did elevate Jericho. I feel like it felt like he belonged, you know, with all these top guys that he's kind of running with, and mm-hmm. he didn't feel like that little kid, you know, playing with the big boys or whatever. So, you know, I definitely think it 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 served its purpose, and we know we know how it shook out for Jericho, so it's not like it really hurt him in any way, but mm-hmm. Definitely hated on Triple H at that time. And I hated him for years, years. I thought he was cool, but I hated him for years.
1: Go ahead, Duke. You can speak a little bit about it. Yeah, this.
3: I think um, I. someone called me at work. Me. Was it you? It was me. And you were like, yeah, Jericho yeah. just won the belt. And then by the end... He didn't. And I was like, what the fuck? What? like?" Hey, why was
1: I spoiling that? Because I was at work. Yeah, but, you know, we were taping shit back then. We also. were.
3: Um, but, yeah, man, that was that was awesome for sure. Uh, you know, not going to beat a dead horse, Frank said at all. Like, um, we, John and I, were big Triple H fans. Um, when he beat Mankind finally for the world title, like, that was one of our big... You know, well, he won in a triple threat match, but that was one of our big, you know, title wins for, you know, we were very excited about that. But uh Jericho was always one of our guys. I liked him from day one when I saw him in ECW. And then, you know, this blazing baby face becoming the silly heel that he became. So, like, we were we were through the roof when he won. And, yeah, I do remember that's cool that it was you, John, that called. And I want up. Like by the end, like I'm like, what? Like, he's not the champ. But yeah. And like you said, it's a moment, you know, and it all worked out for Jericho. Yeah. Unbelievable. That guy's still wrestling. <laughs> like, think about that. That's at a really
2: high level, too. You know, yeah. whether you like it or not. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. Like he's putting out yeah. some quality stuff. Not everything's yeah. a banger, but there's still some bangers there. No. And, you know, he tells
3: stories, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's important. That's I think my story favorite.
1: The story they were telling this past week, I think, was um him fighting Moxley for a meaningless interim title.
2: How how was that? I didn't see it. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was a good match, really good. I mean, like it's like to to me, it's like a classic television match. Yeah,
3: to see him come out again as you know the Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. I think we even talked about it on the last one. Um, you know, he was growing this gnarly facial hair. And like I knew there was a point to it, you know, Mm -hmm. because the next week he comes out freshly shaved. He's got the Lionheart jacket, Lionheart tights, you know, nostalgia is something, man. If you could bottle it up, it would be the most expensive drug or alcohol that you could get, you know, and that totally got me in on that. So it
2: definitely doesn't hurt when you're such a legend like that, dude. Oh, yeah, man. He has so many moments that you people could point to name them. You could have a
3: whole show on Chris Jericho and his moments, you know. You and you I love ones? too. So,
1: do you have any other uh, Jericho-related title switches that uh, shocked or surprised us? Cause... I
3: have a really cool one that might not be on a lot of people's uh, radar, but you guys will know it for sure. And if you watched um, WCW at that time, the cruiserweight division was always like. Kind of the best wrestling you can get unless mm-hmm. sports Steven Regal was the TV champion at the mm-hmm. time, yeah. and like Booker and you yeah. know Benoit and Finley were wrestling. but so there was a cruiserweight battle royal, and Chris Jericho introduced everybody, which is just tremendous. yes, yeah, just tremendous in itself. Um, I don't have the excuse me the date. In front of me, but it was um Slam in
2: '97, I want to say,
3: yeah. And uh, there was a cruiserweight battle royal. It comes down to uh, first off, just watch it and listen to yeah, Chris Jericho great. like introduce these everybody's nickname. Remember that, everybody? Right? I,
1: I, 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 I want to almost go through the names that yeah. he, he listed. He's gonna rap, rap,
3: rap, so you stop, rap, rap, never not, Marginal, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, like just just everybody's difficult. nicknames were like super hilarious. It's like The, one, classic,
1: that's, the one that stands to me. Oh, is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Minnesota. <laughs> Silver King upgrading to Golden King. Oh, I love cool.
3: Silver King, man. R.I.P., dude. I love Silver King. So, yeah, it's um Ciclope and Hoovy at the oh, end. to Guerrero. Hoovy does the honors, just jumps over the rope. So Ciclope can the winner of this is going to get a shot at Jericho. Jericho comes in for the total match. It's going to be C-Clippé, and he takes the hood off, and it's Dean Malenko. And, like, this is a time when, like, the NWO was around and Sting and, like, in the other, you know, in the WWE, yeah. it was The Rock and Austin. The fucking pop
2: mm-hmm. that
3: Dean Malenko, Dean Malenko gets when man. he unmasks, man. Tell yeah. me Chris Jericho is not a superstar exactly. and how they that's, didn't drop the ball with him.
0: Yeah, that's a because people wanted
3: to see him lose so bad. So guys, watch that. Malenko upsets Chris Jericho for the Cruiserweight title. The yeah. crowd goes insane. Crowd go banana, yeah. as Pat <laughs> Patterson would say. Great. And great that man. was an awesome title change. Good,
2: good. May the best man win. Wait, wait a minute. Hoving to just eliminated himself. Zico What's he doing here? He's unmasking.
1: It was awesome. It was in '98. It was May 17th of '98 That's Lamborghini a day before my 15th birthday. So
0: happy yeah, birthday,
1: yeah. happy 15th, little whippersnapper.
2: <laughs> One more for Jericho before we move on from Chris. Jericho yes. was that was kind of surprising. Was when the night he beats austin and the rock oh yeah hell yeah same night for the undisputed first ever undisputed champion absolutely because you know i remember i was in middle school maybe just about to get into high school and you see that card and you're like all right well austin and rock are going to be the final sure who's who's going to win the belt you know because it's kurt angle and jericho the other four it's like a single night tournament four guys
3: it was rock versus
2: jericho Jericho, and then and then Austin sure. and Angle and the winners would face off exactly, and so like it ends up being Austin and Jericho in the final, and Jericho getting the strap, which is like to me, still, I had both of those belts because of Chris Jericho, yeah. You know, it's like I love seeing him rock both straps. Super surprising. I remember going to school the next day, and everybody was talking about or asking even like people who hadn't seen who won, is like Chris Jericho, and like people were like, Chris Jericho, yeah, yeah, you know, like of all the guys, because you at the time you probably would have figured he's least likely to win absolutely of, of those four you know so it's like and that may have can... been
1: you know why they did it the surprise factor yeah yeah i yeah, think probably. jericho jericho said in his book or he's been quoted saying that vince walked up to him in catering or no he walked up to the undertaker and said you know business is in the shitter when we when we're putting the belt on jericho, jericho. but he made sure chris jericho heard it <laughs> yeah and it's one of those things like why Vince does anything, we don't know, but it's just funny. Like, he was the most least, least likely to win that title. I remember when it happened, I felt like, once again, this is younger me, but like my life was complete at that moment because I loved Jericho so much yes. to see him get that moment, the first ever. He's, mm-hmm. he's combining WCW's history and WWF's history. He's the yeah. first one to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Man, you know honestly like at the moment at that
3: time i i like i said i felt like my life was complete so even now though in pro wrestling where everything is imitated all the time and and angles are recycled no one can ever take that from him yeah i know it's you know all predetermined blah 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 but like For Vince to say our first ever undisputed champion is Chris Jericho, like he can always put that on his resume, man. That's a big deal.
2: Mm, Yep,
3: It's huge. And I mean, I
1: wish I could say that we'll see that something like that again. But unfortunately, I think if, you know, AEW were to be absorbed by the WWE, they would probably just... Or if WWE were to be absorbed
3: by AEW.
1: Let's go with the more likely WWE would, a- would absorb AEW. They'd probably burn the library and we would just never hear or see anything from it again.
2: I don't know. Tony Khan might be able to buy them right now. No props.
3: Vance bought WCW for less money than he paid these bros. <laughs>
1: I think Tony Khan's spending enough money on shitty
0: That's a topic. Stuff right yeah.
3: Right. Come on, episode. bro. What You're gonna disparage my, my skillet like that? I mean he's got I a don't have any damn proof of that. He's got an addiction.
1: He's, a yeah. addiction. he's got a he's got an addiction to independent, stuff, okay. independent wrestling and, and cocaine. But Ooh, I wow. think, I this. think we're gonna that, cut
3: that. <laughs> yeah. I mean
2: unlike Vince. Unlike Vince. Listen, uh, man, Vince the saint, is addicted to women the, pa- the patriot patron saint of fucking pro wrestling, Vince McMahon. <laughs> We did want
1: to talk about some of the money in the bank cash-ins. They were shocking, unexpected. We want to talk about the OG, the Originator Edge. He cashed in on John Cena. It was, was it New Year's Eve full or New Year's? It was a New Year's Eve pay-per-view, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he uh, first cashed in. And that was his first world title win. It was the first time the money in the bank stipulation was used. I think Vince actually walked out. He handed the briefcase to Vince. So they made it a very big deal. Mm -hmm and he shocked the world and it was a very quick match like most of them are when they cash in the money in the bank but still shocking do you guys remember edge winning the title for the first time
2: i definitely remember the dynamic of that whole money in the bank cashing in because it was so so new you know and it's something very exciting too um and you know obviously like everything else they beat it to death you know and now it's not nearly as exciting and super predictable but at the time you know crazy and, and this is like the ultimate opportunist edge i think this is probably where that comes from you know because of the money and the bank wins and stuff like that so i do remember it being like a, a great moment i was kind of sour on edge at this point you know he's edge and christian are my favorite all-time favorite tag team you know so i do have love for edge deep down But, like, as a singles guy, he was just never my thing. But it was cool to see him finally get the strap. It was a shocking win. It was a moment that we'd never really seen something like that, I guess. You know, like, cashing in just randomly after a match or whenever you wanted was just so foreign at the time. So, definitely very cool. Yeah, it was New Year's
1: Eve. or New Year's Revolution. New Year's Revolution. I'm sorry. It was actually in January. January 8th, 2006, just to clear that up, that Edge won. Do you remember that?
3: was that that was an elimination chamber match yeah post elimination okay. chamber because yeah, okay. i remember out. he cashed in on cena yeah 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 i mean i was um i was also sour as we all were because of the whole matt hardy feud you know which was awesome it was a great feud taking you know a real life situation that uh you know became a great feud so yeah he was super hated but when he won the title, you did, you could tell, number one, for sure, it was shocking, right? We've never seen that before. Once again, to say that you're the first at doing something, like, that's mm-hmm. that's history, man. And um, when he won the title, you could tell he did appreciate it. Like, he had tears in his eyes, you know? So, like, I was happy for him, you know, a part of me was. Because I, I did like Edge at one point. But yeah, you know, I prefer Christian. I think all three of us do, which is
2: top five, top five
3: for me. Yeah,
1: that that adds that always adds to a
2: match. To yeah, that always adds to a match to me or a title win for me when you see it means something to the guy. Yeah, and it did. Like you know, it it always, always, even like a guy, you know, like guys who I maybe not like crazy about. You know, if I see them win it and then you see like actual emotion or not, yeah. not like Crocodile Tears, too, where some people are just like trying to do that, right? Who's <laughs> yeah. ever done that?
1: I, I think know. it was CM Punk actually when he won the <laughs> AEW
2: title. But, but you know, that does like enhance any kind of moment like that for me. So, yeah, I love seeing a guy appreciate it. You know, it, yep. it really, it really matters to me when. Especially if you know like their roots are deep. They're not just some like body guy who just right. couldn't, couldn't cut it or some other. Or a guy that
3: just got into pro wrestling, yeah. you know, for money or fame, like exactly like, like your favorite
2: diesel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it definitely enhanced that for me. So I think that's always cool.
1: The money and the miles. That's all that's real in this business. Yeah, it's true. Quote from Big Kev. What do you uh, think, John Boy? what do you think about that cash in? so like you guys i was a little bit soured on edge at the time you know i didn't love his singles run at that point when he first broke out i was you know still behind him but i didn't I, i'll be honest at that time the wwe at that time it, it was losing me as a viewer because overall the product it, it felt like it was in no man's land like they didn't have a like a clear direction of what they were trying to do and. To their credit, they rebounded and eventually brought me back. But I remember hearing about it and going back, tuning in at the time. I, I know I sought out the match and the footage, and you know it was must-see. Like we said, it was the first of its kind. Money in the bank was a big deal. It was cool the way, you, in the beginning at least, they used that element to catapult someone. It was another way to catapult them, like the King of the Ring or the Royal Rumble. Since then, as everything... In the WWE it gets watered down, it becomes diluted, you know, becomes somewhat meaningless. And um, it's almost like automatic now when someone wins it, you're, you're like,
2: no, oh, that's the next champ.
1: That's the next champ. And they're usually not ready, quote unquote, not ready, at least to fortunately,
3: us. they have gotten away from that. It's it's good and bad, I think, because like before it was like used as an elevation thing. Yeah. And so, which was cool, I think. But then they give it to a guy like Otis. Yeah. Just right. for no reason at all. Yeah. Besides like, oh, Otis won. And then he doesn't even get a chance to cash it in, you know? Yeah. So,
1: Yeah, there was a period of time where I thought the money in the bank concept itself was ridiculous like you have a contract in a briefcase why don't you just carry the contract in your pocket why why do you have it in a briefcase but i get it you know it 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 was more for the aesthetics presentation Presentation. that's when i was picking everything apart in wrestling but you know the money in the bank itself if you guys have anything else to add you know to the edge win please
2: no not so much for the edge win actually um yeah i think you know it's it kind of became his thing you know too he was like the Mr. the ultimate the opportunist yeah exactly so the machiavellian yeah. type edge to like not go on and on and on about money in the bank winners because there's so many now but one that we didn't mention talking before was the next money in the bank winner is rvd and then his title win against cena awesome. ends up being like a super awesome moment super yeah. I mean, maybe not so shocking since that, that was a big ECW show and all that, but still kind of shocking. Cause you knew yeah. he was, he was always like a, he was like the wild man, you know, in yeah. the Vince McMahon show. So you didn't know how Vince would take to some stoner guy who wasn't necessarily big, super, he fought, flew around a lot. You know, I loved RVD to me. He's a ECW like goat, but, uh, but his was also a very shocking moment, you know, and another hot, hot crowd. One of the best crowds, I think, ever for like a title win. You know, it's, it's a small crowd, so it's very way more intimate, but just the participation of the crowd. And, you know, it felt like ECW again, you know, so I think that's a very cool one.
3: I do think well. that's shocking, though, even though there was that crowd and everything. I could still see Vince totally letting Cena beat him. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I agree. I, I do think that was a big one.
2: Also, with the help of Edge, you know, he he interfered in that match and it really sort of puts RVD over the top. Yep. Crowd, crowd yeah, the yelled, crowds get crazy. Thank, you, thank edge. you,
3: Edge. Yep.
2: But, you know, which is funny. That but.
1: was a cool one. The money in the bank did bring a lot of moments, which I love. And some we're gonna rattle off some of these quickly because, like we said, money in the bank, we don't want to make it all about that. It's all surprising when it's the money in the bank. It's all shocking, usually. But I want to flip it to each of you guys and I'll first give you might steal your heat on it, but my favorite money in the bank cash in it was Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, for me, another one of my guys, another guy, I remember when they stripped out, stripped his blonde, blonde hair, made him cut his hair, Jesus put God. on the black trunks. It, dude, they, they were intentionally in my opinion, trying to ruin like, the perfect wrestler you know not to steal the Kurt anything, thing but I loved Dolph Ziggler coming up and then they stripped him down and I was so mad and then they built him back up and he got that moment and I was floored I was excited I was reinvigorated I was ready to for the run sounds right we won't
3: talk about what happened next
1: you know because I know it didn't last too long but well, that moment I mean didn't he amazing.
3: end up getting injured I, I thought he job. got like a concussion or something after that. It got a little weird
1: around that time with Dolph yeah. um, with the concussions. You might be right about that, yeah, but I know that cash in, that Cashin specifically was was my favorite of the Money awesome. in the Bank.
3: Awesome.
1: Uh, I loved baby it,
2: Del Rio.
3: Yep,
1: and it was the crowd. Also, you talk about I crowd love reactions.
3: Babyface Alberto Del Rio,
2: by the way. Yeah,
1: yeah, same a Del Rio guy. Me too. Love Del Rio, but that crowd reaction when Dolph Ziggler won. Um, I think it was AJ Lee was with him, Big yep. E was with him. he had yep. a whole presentation. on black crowd. If you want to go back and listen to crowds, holy moly! I believe in modern times, one of the biggest pops, one of the biggest reactions right. that anyone because, got. Because
3: like you can go back to the '90s when there were um, so many people and like it was cool mm-hmm. to like wrestling and stuff. But that, like you said, modern times Pop, like that's hard to top. Man, that was big. Re-open.
2: my personal favorite is cm punk's first cash in of the money in the bank monday night raw edge was champ they just do like a a segment i guess batista comes out and destroys him. i don't yeah, remember the they, context. They him. Yeah. yeah i don't remember the context of why um why that was happening but as he could batista, yeah he comes out destroys edge power bombs them on the ground i want to say outside of the ring totally kills them and this is it's it's so memorable to me because me and duke randomly and the, and a couple others i think mortis was there yeah there were a few people there yeah i don't know who else but um we just randomly stayed at the comic shop wait after just to just to clear up not canyon right not, <laughs> not, not canyon. canyon okay not canyon gregor the mortis. mortis the mortis in our hearts gregor and, uh, yeah, so, like, we randomly stayed. I don't even remember why we stayed at the store and decided to was, watch Raw. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It was... Yeah, we just decided to watch Raw that night. And I remember at Batista Murdering Edge and then CM Punk's mu- music hits. Yep. And we all popped in yeah. the store like, oh, shit. Yep. And he we comes out. He makes quick work. Brett might you know? have even been there. Actually. It may have been. Yeah. yeah. Have... There was somebody else. I don't know if it was uh Mikey G, but. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, and we all lost our shit. He comes out, he celebrates. He has the big, it was the big gold strap, yeah, wasn't it? Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. So, like, he had that. And to me, like, I'll, I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. like, lost my, that's probably the one I lost my mind most over, you know? Yeah. I,
3: I enjoyed Dolph a lot, but yeah. I think, you know, like you said, moments, you know, like, um, that being there with you. You know, having that moment, that's definitely my favorite, you know, like you can talk about like movies and stuff and like, oh, yeah, that that movie wasn't that good. But if you have like a good if you went with somebody that, Mm -hmm. you know, you had a great experience with, you know, you're going to remember that. By the way, today is my friend Ken's birthday, who's no longer with us. I love you, dude. You're always with me. Love you. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Ken. So
1: as far as the money in the bank goes, that's an awesome moment you guys shared. I, I do want to talk about some times when, like I said in the beginning of this episode, we did not experience some of these matches live. It's all about revisionist history with a lot of this podcast. And the one I want to bring up now really quick is Ivan Koloff ending Bruno Martino's world title streak. Uh, it was 2,803 days. I know roman reigns is making a chase at that right now he's but close. he's like that close he, he's only uh <laughs> maybe two or ten years of life. so it was Cole off beating bruno and um i've read a, up a lot on this i've seen you know footage of the match bruno sort of admitted he was burnt out it was mm-hmm. time it wasn't anything that he thought was you know politically done to him or it was just time it was the longest world title ring but at the time for him to lose at that time in madison square garden was unheard of and Mm -hmm. shocking and i wanted to pay some respect to some of the you know the things we didn't see live or the things that didn't happen in our lifetime quote unquote and bruno going down to ivan koloff and we mentioned on the last podcast actually how ivan koloff's like a forgotten you know entity in the world Mm -hmm. wrestling but he's He's the guy there can only be one. And he was the one to end Bruno's streak. Um, I don't necessarily need, you know, to go too deeply into, you know, the ins and outs of the match quality and all that stuff. But speaking about Bruno really quick, when you guys look back on that number for me, it seemed like it was unattainable. It didn't make sense. It it can never be done again. It seems absurd. Like, Will, like Will's hundred point game. Um, how well, do you I guys he
3: was talking about his women <laughs>
1: allegedly or well he admitted it right but yeah i think um looking back on that do you guys feel like you know the myth of bruno san martino holds up like the 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 legend of bruno when you go back and watch bruno footage different eras different times but yeah, can you so can you respect what he
2: did and brought listen anybody who sells out Madison Square Garden so consistently, like Bruno did, you got to give credit. There's something there, right? Obviously, I'm not watching them for the matches. You know, it's a totally different thing. You know, the wrestling business as a whole, let alone a Vince McMahon company, like what we all grew up with. But you know, you have to give the guy credit. And what I want to do point out about that match is obviously I didn't see it live, and but this is just from stories I've heard of the match. I remember hearing that. The crowd didn't go crazy the crowd wasn't booing it was just more of like a stunned silence there was like a the hush yeah. yeah i even heard i think bruno say himself that he thought he had like some kind of head injury or his he, thought he, yeah, he thought, yeah. thought he went yeah yeah he was went death because the silence was so crazy. which yeah. i think that's a that's a cool reaction too because it's one of those moments it's like a non-reaction but it's Stands the test of time. Shock you know? and all. I mean, yeah. sometimes shock. without out building just quiet. It's like Undertaker's
3: you know? Undefeated Street.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Exactly. Shock that's, and all. That's another add. one. Shock and I
3: all. mean, um,
1: it
0: makes John, some people call on the
3: floor. To cross.
1: <laughs> some people react to The Undertaker. Oh, oh my God. Guys,
3: I just have to tell you that floor. we were all upset <laughs> when. Undertaker got beat by Brock Lesnar but I don't think there was anyone that was more upset than that man John on your screen right now as he literally pulled himself like a snail it took my soul out I thought a piece of me died that's what happens oh god thank you for that because as you can see you know whatever years later I cry every time I hear it (laughs) Oh my but you're God. right.
1: The silence was definite according to, to Bruno. He said he could hear a pin drop, and it ended an epic, epic, run, uh, never to be duplicated run. Never will be duplicated. Yeah, never yeah. will. Absolutely not. The tribal chief, quote unquote, uh, you have no chance yeah. to get there. Uh, it's
2: only like two thousand
3: days. That was short. before my time. Like I got into it with the rock and wrestling era, but you know, guys. Pro wrestling existed before you got into it. And if you want to see, you know, the history of pro wrestling, if you're a big wrestling fan, go back and watch these guys. Because I didn't watch Bruno and I didn't watch, you know, um, Bob Backlund and superstar Billy Graham and Pedro Morales and Ivan Koloff, you know, in their prime. And you owe it to yourself as a pro wrestling fan to go back and watch some of this because I I didn't get it. I didn't get it with Bruno and I get it now. You know, Mm -hmm. there's some on Peacock. There's not a whole lot. But just do a YouTube. Just fall into a hole one day and check out Bruno San Martino and look at him when he punches a guy and how that crowd reacts. You know, there's a lot to be said for storytelling. It doesn't always have to be big moves. He just punches a guy or kicks a guy and he looks out to the crowd and that eruption, you know, not to get off topic, but you owe it to yourself. Go back, go back and watch some old school stuff and learn from these guys.
1: No, I love that. And I think we mentioned earlier, and I think it was episode one, just how the older we get anyway we want to sort of know the history of any passion and and you do owe it to yourself to go back and look at some of the trailblazers, some of the way they did things. It might not be your cup of tea, but you have to respect it. You have to respect You'd the be reaction. You'd
3: surprised though, man. You'd yeah, be surprised. Yeah. You yeah and you have and, to respect and, um, the reaction yeah. that they're getting. And as you mentioned with Jericho, you know, when he reinvented himself, you know, with that world title run, when he, you know, faced Sean and stuff like that, He was doing a Nick Bockwinkle thing. You and all, you you know, using all the the big words and stuff like that. Like, everything comes from somewhere, man. And, like, superstar Billy Graham, forget it. I mean, he's the most emulated guy in the history of pro wrestling. Again, not to get off topic, but just go back and look, and, and you'll appreciate these guys, I promise.
1: In the female wrestling world, Wendy Richter, shout out to Teddy Wachak, I think he mentioned this one. Wendy Richter losing to the Spider Lady was at the time shocking, unexpected, head scratcher, you could call it. Um, it didn't make any sense. We don't have to spend so much time talking about the match, but we do want to acknowledge that it's not just world titles that have been shocking, unexpected. In the women's world titles, we had Paige defeating AJ Lee in her debut. There's been plenty of upsets and surprises. Duggan beating Austin for the TV title quickly. Yeah. Um, not too Carlito.
2: Long. Carlito on his debut. His debut John Cena. Yeah. Yep. That he was a huge one. Carlito actually
3: debuted on Raw and won the Intercontinental title. And then he well. debuted on SmackDown and won the U.S. title, if I remember
2: yeah. correctly. I, I think it was right. the opposite. I think oh, it was the was it? Okay. Yeah, he was on SmackDown. Beats John Cena night one. He gets drafted to Raw, beats Shelton for the IC stream. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was um, the same with like Santino Marella debuting yep, out what, of the that's crowd.
2: crazy one. Do you uh, know what I remember most? Umanga. Umanga. Yeah. The thing I remember most is I don't know if you guys recall, but Bobby Lashley sort of helps Santino out because Santino's, yeah. Santino's a fan in the crowd that Vince McMahon pulls in to, uh, You know, just to embarrass him with Umaga. He starts doing good, whatever. Then Umaga, then Vince McMahon, you know, shenanigans ensue. Umaga starts beating the crap out of Santino. And then Bobby Lashley comes out and he's like suited up or something he's wearing like a dress coat at least and my favorite part of that whole segment he gets in the ring and he's, he's so jacked he can't get his jacket off he's like chris farley but with muscle trying to get his jacket off to like do some stuff so that's oh, my favorite one of that really? is like a few seconds of him struggling with his coat but then yeah but santino when i remember being like who's this santino yeah. guy?" Mm-hmm. you know but
1: there's been some awesome ones in history. I want to run a few through quickly a few more that were on my list, and then I'm give you guys the floor to give me maybe your ultimate surprise or your favorite or another one that you might remember. And I just want to run through two warrior ones because he was unexpectedly beat by Rick Rude and Sergeant Slaughter within a few years apart, uh, right around the same time, actually. Um, upset, surprise you know, shock because at the time you couldn't imagine warrior getting pinned. Um, uh, you know, even if it was the, the outside interference and all the shenanigans and stuff like that. But Rick Rude and Sarge Slaughter beating Warrior were two big ones.
3: Was Rude did Rude beat Warrior at WrestleMania five?
1: That was for the intercontinental
3: title. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Okay. So I was there for that. Okay. Oh, well. Heenan pulled his leg. He suplexed him. Heenan pulled his leg out, his leg out of his leg. His leg out of his leg. And his yeah. Leg. And it,
1: it, yeah, it was his first loss, actually, pinfall loss ever wow. at that time. Yeah. So, yeah, Rick Rude upset and warrior
2: was shocked. Cool ass dude, Rick Rude. Hell yeah. R. One R. of P. the coolest
1: R. ever. All right, Pete. Another, another quick one from me, and then I'll, I'll give you maybe my, Quote unquote ultimate surprise. But another quick one for me would be once again, back in history, would be uh, Rick Martell beating Nick Bockwinkle for the AWA championship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A surprise for its time, shocking. Once again, Bockwinkle at the top of the food chain. And this, you know, young, good looking, up and comer, Rick Martell, baby face, good looking, but not quite a model at the time. um mm-hmm. He defeated Nick Bockwinkel, But those are some from me uh, with a quick fire for you guys. Uh, you know, closing thoughts slash give me some others, maybe the couple your mind.
2: quick ones. Uh, the one that I enjoy that I think is like, you know, going back and looking at it, it's like kind of an interesting moment was when Mike Awesome in ECW drops the title in a super quick match to the returning Taz mm. who's under contract with WWE. So, you know, you just never saw stuff like that especially with the wf you never saw their guys at that time at least going to other companies and doing anything so for like mike awesome was a seemingly jumping ship to wcw as the champion and uh he had to drop the belt and the crowd didn't know who it was gonna be if i recall correctly and then taz's music hits he comes out the crowd goes nuts he chokes out mike awesome pretty quick mike awesome bails the crowd is yep. hating his guts yep um because they feel like he sold them out and uh yeah it's just one of those cool moments with taz went in it's super surprising and then taz got to show up on you know vince's television with that belt you know had matched with triple h that was very cool um we were there yeah so like super cool you know i that's one of my like Personal favorites, like a low key, you know, it wasn't like the craziest shit ever, but it was cool. And then another one which I didn't like nearly as much was when Vince McMahon won the title on SmackDown. Dude, so very very unpopular opinion, but I remember it so vividly because this was like early days for internet in my house at least. And you know, SmackDown was taped at that time, so I was like on the sheets, like. I want to know what's happening. Off I off the sheets, bro. And it was like new. This is early days. This is maybe like it's very early on even going on to wrestling like websites, you know, and I'm reading Smackdown results and I see Vince McMahon just won the world title. And I'm, I, I was, you know, blowing my mind like what? He's the owner. You know, I'm a kid. And I remember dialing my friend on the phone, Spencer. We we're like in eighth grade or something like that. And I'm like, yo, dude. Vince is gonna win the title on SmackDown, and he's like, he can't. It's not even possible. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm telling you, I just read it on the internet. guy I'm like hacker, bro, because I read like the <laughs> SmackDown results, you know. And I'm like, I'm telling you, he's winning the belt. And it was like one of those infamous moments that everybody, you know, kind of universally hates. And was the-
1: um, Arnold was Arnold involved in that one
3: somehow? Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Arnold? No, no, that was <laughs> uh,
3: he like
2: punch Triple H or something. Yeah, yeah, something. like they gave, they yeah. gave Arnold like a bell. I remember, that was a smackdown, yeah. I remember, like they were trying to show love to Arnold and then so, something. So Vince
1: happened. relinquished that title though, right? Like I think he just vacated yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, he did the yeah. right thing. But So anyways, what? Yeah, he did the right that, thing after
3: he won the fucking world so title. So what happened? Did they how they fill the title? Was it the Rumble or
1: that wasn't around Rumble time, honestly,
3: but Yeah, I'm not. What happened remember. after that? Like, when he re- <laughs> I
2: just released like
3: the belt, do we know, like, how they crowned Well, him th- are you talking about him as
1: the WWF champion or the more prestigious ECW champion? <laughs> the yeah,
3: WWF man. champion, not when he was trying to do-rags. Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, do, do you guys bro. know, like, he didn't well, give up the
1: belt? There's a lot when... with Vince because he also won the Royal Rumble, and, he you know, win. around that time. Listen, man. You know, He's done
3: it company, all, bro. He's done right? it all.
1: He's done it all, dude. I mean... Yeah. He's not quite a triple crown champion, but... I actually
3: heard this Wednesday on Dynamite. Tony Khan's in line for a TNT title shot, so yeah, you never hopefully. know. Yeah. That, possible. yeah, that
1: doesn't surprise me. He's probably going to awkwardly hug Cesaro again if he wins it, but Man. we'll see. Or what Claudio.
3: What did he do
1: to you? Tony Khan? Yeah. I yeah, hate. It's unbelievable.
2: Jeez. I mean...
1: It's just these these
2: guys, these guys can't handle it. There's another show that like even a little bit feels like maybe cooler or better than WWE. They've been, it's been 20 years, you know?
1: No, but it's the thing is like TK tries to present himself as like a a wrestling historian and a fan. And like, what do you know though?
2: Do, is he not
1: like he's, he's like, he's been known to like the quote unquote cooler wrestling, but. I mean I think we could all agree that you know he he's he's a fan that that got into his daddy's money and he's he's playing with his action figures his live action figures. I'm not hating on like that Vince. but is he qualified? Is he qualified? <laughs> Vince McMahon just
3: like Vince took bro. over his dad's wow. business.
1: Vince McMahon bought the business from his father Listen, legally.
3: Oh this is a whole, is a whole oh, other my episode. Goodness.
1: Legally let's
3: Frank, okay. any more uh, surprising title changes,
2: pal? No. Um, no, that's it. That's all the surprising <laughs> one For me, A, a, a kind of a, a shocking one was when Triple H wins the European title off of uh, mm. HBK mm-hmm. in a con- controversial manner. That's you know,
3: actually where... a great segue for me, pal. There the figure of doom. Exactly. So very similar. Oh, yeah, Hogan defeating Kevin Nash for mm-hmm. that WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Two
1: guys
2: an, exposing the business.
3: Infamous, well, the thing is...
1: <laughs> Goldberg, created a moment. It created a moment.
3: It did create a moment, but you know what else created a moment? Fucking Goldberg beating Hogan for the belt. You know, mm-hmm. and another... Again, I think that was kind of shocking because, again, it was out of nowhere. They, it was on Raw. I mean, yeah, Nitro. Yeah, it was like a huge deal. He wins. And then, of course, Kevin Nash, the Booker man books himself to beat Goldberg. Oh and are we then, slandering Nash? Absolutely. I'm not Kevin a,
2: Nash. I love Kevin Nash. 100%. 100%. He deserves some slander.
3: Absolutely. You know, at, does. Certain I don't I don't agree. My least favorite member of the clique. Damn, that's okay. Listen, man. It's
2: definitely so, Shawn Michaels the worst one, but
3: you know whatever. He uh, he wins the title and this like crazy you know, shocker beats Goldberg, the unstoppable monster, you know, with help from Scott Hall. And then the next night he drops to Hogan with the finger poke of doom. And that, you know. Was Definitely shocking. In Definitely my, it was. <laughs> and like you said, if you love your moments, there's another moment. And another infamous one is Hogan losing to Jeff Jarrett. Um, you know, that whole debacle.
2: Or Jarrett, Jarrett lays down. To, I'm yeah, sorry, Jarrett, Jarrett
3: losing, losing no, to Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Jarrett lays down in the middle of the ring. Hogan <laughs> puts the foot on him, and that's that. And then one more infamous one, obviously David Arquette winning the WCW title. Yeah, terrible. Which is, you know, in the moment, I'm all pissed off about it, stuff like that. But like, you can't blame David Arquette for it. You know, like, fuck David Arquette.
2: Whoa. Oh, but listen, but listen, But I, I agree, like I hated that shit too. And yeah. it definitely is one of those like nail in the coffin moments for that company. For sure. Seemingly for at least sure. to me. Yep. But- he donated like all his money from it. He knew he didn't deserve it. He didn't act like I'm the guy, you know what I mean? Right.
1: It, bro, if you respect the wrestling business, walk out then. Like, don't just, dis- don't disgrace it like that. Bro,
2: like, if they ask me tomorrow if I want to fucking show up on Dynamite or Raw, I'm, I'm probably fucking doing it, even if yeah. I. Even if it feels weird, you know, if you're a mark, you're a mark. You yeah, know? but I mean, like,
1: look, I'm like 5'6", 155, soaking wet. And if Tony Khan asked me to show up in AEW to win the world title, I would do it only because I'm bigger than most of their roster anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Allegedly.
1: So, I mean, I get what you're saying. Dude,
2: Hulk Hogan was oh, 6'1", God. John. Andre was 6'10". They're all shorter than Wait, <laughs> we're going to get it do Frank's?
0: Don't <laughs> They're all shorter. Frank has an me.
2: ongoing
1: theory. Frank's trying, to, damn it. Frank's trying to diminish Andre's height the last yeah, few don't days.
2: Do... They're all shorter than you'd think.
3: I'm doing one more because I, I wanted to touch on the infamous ones, as I said, but a huge world title victory that's probably not yours. I feel like we all kind of have the same idea for the final one, but Ron Simmons winning the WCW world title from Vader was a huge deal. The first black man to ever win the world heavyweight title. Bill Watts got a lot of heat. Bill Watts was booking at the time. Bill Watts has been called racist, et cetera. A lot of like, you know, accusations have been thrown his way, but he put the belt on Ron Simmons. And that was a huge deal at that time. Like, you know, the junkyard dog was arguably the most popular black professional wrestler um ever i think (laughs) and for him to put the belt on ron simmons like it kind of came out of nowhere like it was on you know whatever it was on i don't know if it was a house show or wcw worldwide or saturday night but talk about a moment watch that crowd there are people crying people of color that finally have somebody you know that looks like them. Being at the top of the business, like that's a huge one, mm-hmm. like awesome. I was fortunate. That's up- a go one. Yeah, man. Because it no, is like, shocking,
1: and it was shocking and
3: an and unexpected. And I sure lived expected. that too. So, like, I remember seeing that, and they're like, "Whoa, what?" Like, Ron Simmons won.
2: You know, like especially the guy too, because you don't really consider him like a main eventer. No, yeah, but know, I historically, mean historically, but he yeah, know, he was it's the a champion. big deal, man.
3: I watch that, guys. If you haven't seen it, um, if you're listening, check that out and look at the reaction. Talk about a moment. Like, I remember this one fan. I remember him specifically jumping up and down and like tears in his eyes. You know, finally, someone that looks like me did it you know so that's a huge one for me
1: yeah i think we actually just put a, a cool photo of vader up on the instagram today but but if you see the way ron simmons like manhandled vader in that match like <laughs> oh the shrank so of ron strong,
3: simmons oh yeah
1: These like i mean honestly that was a huge deal and
3: then well, vince well- got a hold of him and made him a gladiator <laughs>
1: well you know what it was funny about that is after all that stuff with the gladiator and the nation of domination it was the one stupid word gimmick that is like Mm. most remembered for and it's just such a shame because i mean
3: hey man he's printed t-shirt and money with exactly right like however we talked about it the what the very first show matt bourne was like a good hand but he became doink and that was his thing, you
2: know, whatever
1: works. I know yeah. we're gonna have somebody that's gonna be happy. We slipped another I, doink right I do Ron think, Marvel,
2: <laughs> I do think Farouk Ron Simmons, he had some moments. I know the damn thing got so popular or whatever, yeah, yeah. but like at least he's a tag team champion. He had, he had a very,
3: yeah. very no important no, it's statement. not it's not a disrespect thing, yeah. You know, because we just... all yeah, we all, you know, respect what he's done. I mean, he was, you know, doom that tag team and then he became Farouk, and then the nation of domination was awesome awesome like that was super cool and Led to the rock
2: being the rock yeah without the nation who knows what where
3: that guy's it it reminds me of like you know when brett turned heel and how he would speak truths yeah you
1: know yeah yeah
0: Yeah, if you if you listen
1: yeah if you listen to some of them promos in the nation like it's so funny because you could take it, pluck it, clip it, put, put it to it, today's yeah. climate. Yep, Same, Same shit, thing. different day.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so I love the Ron Simmons one. I want to just quickly give you two of mine, and I want to set the stage for what I think is one of the most shocking and unexpected. But two quick ones from me, bringing it back to Brett, but the Mountie beating him for the Intercontinental Championship. Once again, non-televised, you know, happened on a live event. Once again, a traditional cha- uh, transitional champion to, just to move it to Piper, which would set the stage for Bret vs. Piper, WrestleMania 8. One of my favorite matches of all time is Bret vs. Piper. But it wow. was just, yeah, for sure. But it was just a, um, a quick little blip in the radar for the Mountie. Shocking uh, title win. Shocking as in he used the cattle prod. Cheated. But uh, another one was Dean Douglas winning i shouldn't even say winning but being awarded the intercontinental championship i tuned into that pay-per-view live um i remember i bugged i think it was my dad actually to buy this pay-per-view for me to watch the match and um it turned out to just be dean douglas being handed this intercontinental title live on tv it was like confusing shocking didn't make any sense and then raise that ended
3: when up. sean lost his smile
1: well you could say he lost a smile you could say he got jumped and jacked he by nine marines even though out actually
2: him. one guy yeah
1: he got it beaten off of him unfortunately and um that was definitely around that time that was road
2: dog say uh hbk couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag you know so i heard eventually...
1: road dogs a, a former drug addict too so i don't know if we can trust <laughs> well, anything it's... about road. So, so, bro
2: bro I mean, so is sean holy. so is sean what? sean's sean's
1: found sean, sean's found god
2: <laughs> sean's found the lord but listen, I I, I do also, think
3: also Sean had a relationship
2: with Sonny, so and he Vince, wins. So who well, knows, you know? Also,
1: he Brett wins. has committed adultery, but we love him.
2: Come on!
3: Whoa!
2: Whoa! What the? Whoa.
0: He wrote it in
1: his book. It's from his mouth. He wrote we're his, not talking
3: about Brett
1: though. But we're gonna talk about Sean. We got to talk about Brett. They're my neck and neck faves. All right. I mean, they're my guys. Listen, uh, the, the Sean slander, I can only handle so much of it.
3: I, wanna, I gave they, Sean credit for being with Sonny, my all-time <laughs> favorite WWF diva.
1: You had your shot with Sonny. I don't know if we don't need don't to get even into talk. that right no, now. We
3: don't need to get into that.
1: All right. But listen, I want to set the stage for what I think is maybe not the most shocking, maybe not the most unexpected, but at least another moment, incredible moment, And it was the big, bad, mighty Brock Lesnar being dethroned by Eddie Guerrero. To me, it was huge. It once again reeled me back into the WWE product. It was an awesome moment. It was a culmination of hard work we talked about in the beginning with Brett. You work hard. What's your reward? Sometimes you don't get it. This guy got it. I know it's you know, one of Frank's guys. So for me, that's one of the big ones. I want to leave it to Frank here to talk about that moment a little bit. And if Duke could add a little bit to the Eddie yeah. G crowning.
2: Yeah, I personally obviously love that moment. Eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler of all time. He's my number one. Um that match, like I remember, my uncle used to let me go to his house, um, let me go to his apartment with, to watch the pay per views at that time. So I would go over there for any kind of fight related stuff, usually boxing and WWF. So I would go, and I remember going over like Eddie's fighting in the main event for the title. Just not convinced that he was going to win. You know, I don't know if I was so privy to the fact that Brock is leaving. Soon or any of that, but I just knew Eddie's getting his title shot. You know, it was something I never thought I'd see. But Brock was so dominating at that time too, so he was just crushing everybody. And to see see Eddie Guerrero is at the Cow Palace too, which is sort of like that's funny. I thought
3: of you because I mentioned
2: that. yeah. Yeah. So to see Eddie like get that shot, I remember being with my uncle Raymond watching it, and even him like. Getting into it when he's seeing, like, is this guy like especially because Goldberg interferes? It's the one thing I don't love about the match that the Goldberg in. But you know, for the, the you know, the ends justify the means, I guess. But um, dude, I remember I jumped when he won counting, you know, to, like uh, like I was in the building, one, two, and then celebrating. Even my uncle thinking it was cool as shit. And he was always that guy that's like, you know, wrestling's fake, right? Like he was always one of those types, you know. But even he was like, whoa, that's cool. And that crowd reaction, that's another one. The crowd reaction. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so.
3: And believe great. it or not, there were only 11,000 people. Yeah. That
2: yeah. Event. Cause yeah, that, that venue isn't even like this huge yeah. place, you know? But dude, that crowd react. And I'll never, and to his credit, and we all kind of like hate on him, but Michael Cole calling that moment. You know, like you could hear it in his voice how happy he is. He's almost crying. You could almost hear like the tears coming from Michael Cole, Eddie's family. I remember he jumped into the crowd. There's a big yep. dude, big dude with a fro. Like his mom, him, I remember like, his mom. And he goes over to his mom yeah. with the and Mondo's and his... there in the front row. Yeah, exactly. Like yes. that celebration, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Like right yeah. now, you know, it's it's just awesome. like it's one of those. It's one of my favorite like matches, but more so because of the moments that come from it. And uh, yeah, dude, so so great. Michael Cole at the end losing his voice. Congratulations, Eddie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like
1: it just one of I his best calls. I, I, yeah,
2: one I, of his yeah. best calls. I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, dude, I love 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 that moment. Yeah. Love, I love that Eddie got that moment too. Cause who knows how it would have shook out. We, we were talking earlier how like he never really got another shot you know i mean who knows what could have been i guess we could talk about that another time but glad to see him get his moment very happy with the way he went down beating a monster too he didn't beat some yeah. jabroni champion it wasn't some weird you know thing where somebody had a belt that didn't really need it it wasn't a transitional thing it was he beat the guy brock was a yeah, fucking yep. monster and you yeah.
1: me- you mentioned the internet buzz and whatnot and once again like not everyone reads the Dirt sheets or the, yeah. the you know the internet. So for those eleven thousand people and even me, at the time, like I was shocked. I was surprised. Yeah. It was unexpected to me. I didn't know Lesnar was like on his way out or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm
3: with you on that. Do Do you remember Eddie G uh, getting his crowning achievement? I do, and I wasn't. It was kind of weird. Like Eddie, they had a Royal Rumble on SmackDown. And it came down to Eddie and Kurt angle. And Eddie won. And he was like going to be fighting Lesnar. And I remember being like, well, that's weird. Like, you know, like he doesn't have a chance. Like,
2: yeah,
3: we always loved Eddie. You know, when all those radicals came, we were all for them. But it was shocking because I didn't ever see him beating the, you know, the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. But, you know, we didn't know that. Brock was on his way out. He was gone, like, I think a month later. He was going to go play football somewhere, you know? And uh, so, like, yeah, man. Like, that's a huge moment. That That's one of my all-time favorite um, title changes for sure as far as shock value. I mean, you know, the, the interference, I don't mind because I didn't think it was too much. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, multiple people coming in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, And Eddie ultimately is the one that defeats Brock Lesnar. You know, Brock goes to F5 him. He gets out of it, DDTs him. He -hmm. hits a kind of strange frog splash, almost like from the side. Mm -hmm. But that crowd, it's like, it's the longest three count. And I love that, those long three counts. Like, And the crowd is like, you can't believe it. And then finally, when he does it, he just jumps into the crowd and just loses himself and... Mm -hmm.
1: It's beautiful. I, I it's very beautiful i almost liked that the frog splash was a little yeah you know messy because For that's sure. the way eddie guerrero's journey was like mm-hmm. it, it, it almost fit the story you know it yeah. wasn't a perfect five-star frog mm-hmm. splash to yeah. you know montez four gets 100 feet high and all that stuff that's now that's 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 it was a little sloppy a little messy well
3: but... also you know he he had a hard fought match, mm-hmm. you know yeah. like that exactly.
2: yeah he was like yeah, lesnar dude yeah and, and the, not getting monster, not being, not you know? being dead
3: Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. That's a great one. All
1: yeah. right Eddie. R.I.P. Way Eddie. too soon. Way, way, way too soon, like many of these great guys. And, you know, we're going to head out, hopefully not too soon for you guys. But it's been fun chatting uh again to you all. This was unexpected title victory, surprising. Next week, we're going to cook up something special for you. We, we might have a little bit of uh jibber-jabber, Frank and I. This week,
3: it was all love. Like it was, yeah, it
2: was,
1: it was, it's, it's always love. It's
2: always love. Always love. Ja just likes to poke the Real bear.
3: quick though. If you guys have one that we forgot, please drop know. it in the comments and let us know. And, yeah. Uh, tell us sure, your there's... favorites. Even if we didn't forget, share your favorites with us, you know? Yeah. Tell us some surprising title victories in your lifetime or, or
1: maybe that you've seen retroactively, you know, we're, like I said, next week we're going to come at you with something different. It's going to be fun, as always, and we can't wait to talk soon. This has been No Sold. I have the East-West Connection with me. We're going to get back to our regularly scheduled program. Peace to you all. We'll see you next time.